So it says, um, we didn't just come to you in word only, but we came to you in demonstration of the Spirit and power. And all of us need to experience the power of God and be a demonstration of the power of God to the earth. And God wants to do a miracle more than we want it. And He really wants to use us, every single one of us, for, for His glory in that. So if there's a shift in our mind, if we expect great things, believe for great things, and attempt great things, uh, then we'll see God definitely move in our lives in miraculous ways. Instead of just living average lives, we can really take it to a whole new level and see God's glory throughout the earth. So that's the thing. That's awesome. That's great. That's great. Uh, what's it called? So um, I've got a few questions. Just uh, your time being saved, growing up, Pastor, even till now, uh, what are like the types of miracles that you've seen God do or perform in your life or just the ones that you've seen in real life, like the miracles that you've seen? Some of the main miracles I've seen. Um, probably the ones that I've experienced, the strongest ones have always been overseas, which is, which is a bit odd. I think they have more, uh, a more appreciation to the supernatural. And so when we went to Tonga, some of you were on that impact team, every single person we prayed for got healed. Like every single person. Uh, even in India, a person that couldn't really see uh, clearly um, was able to see like from the end of the, end of the building. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, I think, yeah, the, those are the, the main ones. Uh, in Footscray, we had, we've had, um, we used to hang up the crutches at the back. This is our old, old building in Footscray. Uh, guys come in on crutches and get, get healed. Um, I saw a, um, uh, there's been times where a demon has left someone. That's been pretty fun. Because uh, like they scream and like they come in looking one way and like they scream and then they, they like, they feel like it's gone. So that's, that was pretty fun. It freaks everybody out, but it's fun. Um, because people are tormented by spirits, and spirits are real, demonic spirits are real, and they're in people. And sometimes Jesus, many times, he cast out the spirit, and it says in the Gospels, many times, the spirit left with a shout. And so I'm not for it. I'm not like, yeah, let's get a demon to shout tonight. But um, that's, I've seen that happen. And um, yeah, those are probably the main ones. Always seeing people healed and, and is always incredible, especially when they have the doctor certificates and whatnot. Um, but I'd say for me, st still for me, probably the biggest one is still Jane. Um, with that, uh, probably the biggest financial miracle uh, that we've probably experienced in our church. Uh, I used this in an illustration uh, in Melbourne a couple of years ago. But um, someone wanted to wanted to help a church that um, wanted to go to a church that an uh, evangelizes, and so they bumped to a backsider from our church, and they said, "Do you know any good churches that evangelizes?" And they said, "Yeah, Potter's House. They evangelize." And so this is from a backslider. So the backslider sent that person to our church. Uh, that person came to our church, um, and she said, we need some help with some youth, some youth work. And so, um, again, I was like, yeah, I've got enough youth to deal with, you know. And so, and they were like, from 8 to 10. And I was like, I don't think I've got the time, energy, or, you know, patience to deal with that. But they're like, oh, we'll pay you. And I was like, yeah, I think, I think God's got his hand. Yeah, I, I see the Lord bring the little children to me. Uh, yeah, 100%. So we did that. And so for, for 12 months, he just, this guy who's never come to our church, donated $1,000 every month to our church. The, the year after, I said, listen, I don't have, yeah. <laughs> it gets better, there's more, there's more. Um, and then the next year, he said, I said, listen, I don't really have time to do the, the youth work as much, but he really liked what we're doing, our concerts, people getting saved. So he upped it to a 1,500 a month for that year. The year after that, he upped it to $2,000 a month. The year after that, he did it for 2,000 a month. And he just stopped it just a few months ago because he has to work on some renovations at his house and his company or whatnot. Um, but over the period of time, he donated over $80,000 just to our church. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I just find it funny that he's, he's never stepped foot in our church. He's never come before. And, and like, I could have been lying. I wasn't, but, like, I like, but he, he did it. And so, yeah, that's God moved in, in, in healings and in financial ways. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, what's it called? 
Uh, so these are the ones that you've experienced. What about like, uh, what about stories that you've heard of like Man. the miracles that God has done? So probably just like the main ones that you've heard. Mm. Ones I've heard is ones I've read about. Um, one, another one of the Zuzu Street uh, revivals, a guy used to smoke a lot and he had like this black hole in the back of his, of his mouth and like just sort of the flesh had rotted away. And um, it, was, it was like he had, I think he had, Beck was a, a year to live? Less than a year to live. And, um, and they, they prayed for it and they, it was com- that got completely healed. Um, and like all the flesh actually grew back and the rotten teeth actually grew out to, to normal teeth. And so for those who need new teeth, we can play, lay hands on you and help you with that. But, uh, um, but yeah, just seeing, uh, I'm trying to think of the ones that I've heard. There's, been, there's so many through the years. I'm trying to think of the ones that stand out the most. Um, miraculous ways, Pastor Greg Mitchell, when he went to South Africa to start up a church there, he got a guy to help him. And this guy just randomly started helping him. But he found out this guy was a Satanist. Um, he was, uh, and he was a terrorist but he helped build up that church. The person, one of his brothers got saved in that church. He brought him to, to church. Uh, while Pastor Greg Mitchell was with him one afternoon, he was actually selling, um, selling uh, like rocket launchers, like, rocket launcher grenades or whatever, the, whatever that is. And Pastor Greg's telling, he's like, what the heck's got wrong with this guy? But he helped him get a building. His brother got saved in the church. And that brother now is pastoring in, in South Africa. And so God can use even Satanists. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So those are, those are the main ones that, that stand out uh, to me. I've, I've obviously heard of cancer being healed from testimonies and whatnot. Um, but yeah, every, every heal, everything that I, we can imagine has been, has been done before. Yeah, and no, I remember um, when I first got saved, uh, I think it was back 2017, and we went out to uh, Melbourne Conference, mm. and that was my first time ever experiencing, uh, ever experiencing someone being healed. Mm. I think we were out on the streets, and we were just um, we were outreaching, we were telling people, about Jesus Christ, and then I think it was the brother Kaifa and one of the boys, I saw, uh, uh, saw someone on crutches, and so they prayed for her, and then she just got healed instantly on the street, wow. and she left her crutches there and walked home with a cast, and she just walked <laughs> home normally. Crazy. Before that, she was just like limping, limping, and yeah. she was in pain, and all her friends started crying, and so um, just seeing that was like, uh, it really lifted me up to try and go out there and do the same thing. But what are some things that um, practically that you would do to, to, to just go out there and do that? For our church, like what, what would you say we could practically do to yeah. like ask people to pray? or uh, Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is probably going to, I'm going to do a sermon on this. But in the Old Testament, there's a lady who makes a room for Elijah. Uh, Elijah comes through and she makes a room for him. Then she doesn't have a child. Then the child's born and, she, and so she was able to conceive. Then the child dies and the child is resurrected from the dead. And all that happened because she made a room for the man of God. And I think we need to make room for God to move. I think sometimes we're just going through our life and we just want God, move, God to move without us making room. So ways that we can make room, number one, is just by actually stepping out. Uh, we won't see anybody healed if you don't actually ask people, can I pray for you? And again, you have to remember, it's not, when you pray for people, it's not in you. And it's not re- really in your words. It's not like if I, if I had the right words, then they would have been healed. No, not at all. It is through the power of God. And if we have that faith that God's doing this, and let's, let's see what God will do. We don't go out as like, oh, I, I, I prayed for someone once and they got healed so I can do it. No, no, you have to just, whether they got healed or not, this is, this is God's design, this is God's word, and we need to step into that. So make room. So the way, for, for healing, you just you ask and you, you, you lay hands on the sick and you do something about that. Um, actually, there was, another, there was another baby 
uh, I think it was, I think it was one of Doris's friends. And so I went to the hospital, never saw the lady, never met the lady before. The baby was in the incubator, and again, all sort of health issues uh, wasn't working. Uh, and then I think like we prayed, nothing really changed. But two days later, the baby was completely healthy, and they went home. Uh, one of the young girls in our church one time. Um, not, not here, not these young girls, but another young girl in our church, she tried committing suicide one night, drank bleach, uh, drank all this other stuff, and she was in hospital. Um, thank God Beck worked at um, uh, Starship because she got all access <laughs> when we weren't allowed. But we went in, and um, we prayed for her, and then the very next day she got let out completely healed. And so usually that stuff will really mess up your insides and do all sorts of damage, uh, but they were, they were completely healed. So if it's healing, you need to... Step out and just, just have faith in that aspect. If you want financial, heal, financial miracles, that's the one time where we can really put God to the test. And so tithing, someone, Pastor Olson said, tithing is, this, is what you owe and offerings are the seeds that you sow. So tithing is you just, we owe this to God, that's God's. But when you plant offerings, those are seeds and the seeds are the, what produces fruit. And many times after conference, many times after conference, what happens, we come back fired up. And we see God do miracles after that. Why is that? Well, number one, the preaching. But also in the offerings time, you're challenged in the offering time. And when we give to God, we are making room for God to move. And I believe with all my heart, the reason why we got that financial help for our church is that Beck and I, before we got launched out, we gave an offering and it was hard to give that offering, to be honest. I was like, oh, I don't know. But we did it. And then all these other things were added. But if, if we don't give offerings, why would God open up the windows of heaven? And so we need to make room in, in that aspect. If you want to grow in your, in your discipleship, see miraculous things in your discipleship, you actually have to go and witness. You have to evangelize. You have to get involved in ministry. You want to see God use your life in the miraculous, you have to put yourself to be involved. So you need to make room, make a platform. All right, God, God move. Because in, uh, God told uh, Gideon, go. It wasn't, I'll just do it and you just sit there. It was go, you have to do something. And when we make room financially, spiritually, or in our own discipleship, um, God, God will come through. So you're saying like um, uh, being busy with other things, like how, how would you say would, we could make room, Pastor, like in our, in our lives? Yeah, well, I was in a band like since I was 13. Mm. And so because we wanted to do something for God. And I think Pastor Brent, we're, we're just, we're always on every impact team. We're on every outreach. Like for me, impact team sign-up lists were dumb. Like why would I sign up for? Of course I'm going. Like it wasn't even a... I didn't sign up because, of course, I'm going. And then at one time, they, let, they limited the, the, um, the impact team to 12 people. And I had a word to my pastor. I was like, um, what the heck, man? I didn't say it like that. I said, I was like, um, how come I can't go on the impact team? Because I only needed a small one. Um, but I was always evangelizing. I was always doing it. And maybe the seeds that I sowed back then, I didn't see as much fruit as I wanted, but I, saw, I see it here. Um, at school, the first day I did a Bible study, a guy got saved. One time, uh, two times I actually got my school friends to come to church. Uh, one time they came, they came to two concerts. They both got saved at the concerts. Another time I invited him to my Bible study and he got saved at his Bible study. So it's every time just doing something for God and seeing God's hand on it. Because God always uses those that, that are moving when, you, when, you, when you're active and doing things. And um, yeah, every time I've moved for God, I've always seen God move in one way or another. I've done healing outreaches uh, when I was a disciple. Hired a hall, prepared a sermon did the song service ourselves, preached, prayed for the sick, and people got healed. And so it's just us getting, me getting involved, and then yourself, you get involved. How is your family going to get saved if you don't witness to them? Like, you know? And so it's all about making room and, and moving. 
And when, when we move, God moves. Should we put that in a song? <laughs> yeah, that sounds solid. Um, what's it called? I remember uh, this one time we were out on outreach, and um, there was this uh, lady, she was coming past us in a wheelchair. I think she, she was pushed by, passed by like about 10 of us. Mm. And uh, one of the boys called us out that night and was like, are you guys are willing to um, pray for people to be healed from a cough? Or you guys are willing to pray for people to be healed mm. from a wheelchair? Mm. And I think it's like mostly because we're like scared or mm. we have fear, we have doubt. Mm. But what was like the first time you ever like, oh yeah, I'm going to step out for God and, and do it right now? Do you remember the first time you ever did a pastor? Yeah, it's always scary. And it's usually by peer pressure. <laughs> it's usually, that's why I did it. Because usually I was like, nah, it's all good. I'll pray for someone. And then I saw someone watching. I was like, ah, okay, sure, let's do it. And um, even in witnessing, that's the same. Sometimes like, should I, should I not, should I, should I not? And then you look at people looking at you, it's like, I need to, because if I don't, no one else will. And you have to get that revelation in life. If I don't do it, no one else, no one else will. And, or other will, people will, and um, the wrong people will. If we don't evangelize, the devil's very good at evangelism and follow-up. Very good, very good. And so if we don't do it, if we're like, oh, it's not my problem, it is our problem. And one day we're gonna give account of our lives in that aspect. But back, back to your question, it's, you just gotta do it and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, like who cares? Like, just be obedient to God. When we get to heaven, the Bible says he's gonna say, well done, good and faithful servant. Just be faithful, it's not, it's not about the, the results as much, although we want results and God will provide 100%, but it's not gonna be every single time. So do we cancel that out completely if it's not every single time? You just gotta do it. And maybe one day, it's going to be your friends or your family that gets healed. What if, if we didn't have witnessed? Because every time we witness, no one gets saved. Or I witnessed once and no one got saved. So then should we stop witnessing completely? And maybe, maybe that day that you got saved, we maybe weren't going to have outreach that day. We're like, let's do it. Let's go. And that's, that's, uh, that's the story. You know my grandma getting saved just at normal outreach, then my dad, then myself. It's just, it's just through constant sowing. And Pastor Mitchell always preaches about sowing and reaping. You have to sow so faith, so expectation, and what you expect God to do, God, many times God comes through. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's solid. Uh, what's a good, uh, you spoke about this morning about flowing with God. Mm. Um, yeah, are you able to just um, elaborate more on flowing with God? Flowing with God, yeah. Flowing with God is just destroying your idols. It's destroying all those things that hold you back and not have giving God attitude. Like, it's like I, you have to have the revelations. Like, if God tells you to ask you to do something, when we say no, that we say, God, you're not smart enough for my life. We're saying, God, what you think is not good enough. What I think is better than you, God. Actually, God, you're dumb compared to me. Because that's what we're saying. So I don't want to do that because my idea is better. And that's a big thing to God when people say no. That's why when, in the Bible, God doesn't, God doesn't just leave it. God doesn't just say, oh, well. He chases you down like Jonah and Nineveh. <laughs> like, God said, go here. And he said, no. God says, okay. And he went down to Tarshish, down into the boat, and down into the bottom of the boat, and down into the storm. And so, moving with God, all of you here, and we can all attest to this, there's times God told us, told us to do something, right? It's, never, it's not like, oh, I just don't experience God. No, no, God, God, God told us. God already said. And the only people that don't hear God is when they said no to God last time. And so if you want to hear God, you just say yes for what he told you to do last time. And those who flow in God's flow, that's where God starts doing the miracles. Again, all of us, we always say no at the start. Moses said no. Jeremiah said no. 
Um, Peter didn't want to do it. Paul didn't want to do it. None of them really want to do it. You have to get a revelation. This is God's plan, and God's plan is the best plan, and he will empower me, and he will equip me. And so that's why I really paused after this morning, is that if the church doesn't flow with God, all power is cut off. And then we'll just, we'll just be having, we'll just have chats and we'll just have inspirational talks and not everyone will leave the place exactly the same. And that, that's, we, we can never get to that stage. I mean, many churches have, unfortunately. So, yeah, that's moving with God, flowing with Him. Yeah, so seeing if we all flow together, the Revival will break up. That's right. Oh, 100%. What we've got here is an army of believers. 100%. We don't, we don't, we, because we're here, we don't realize how special our church is. It's always when you go to another church and you're like, man, Thank God for our church. And that's why you see the people that come back on the impact team, how revived they'll be. But we have an army here. And I'm telling you, if all of you decide, you know, I'm going to flow with God, it will radically change not only your life, but this whole stinking nation. God used 300 people to defeat 130,000. Okay, how many have we got here? 80? You're telling me God can't, we can't save tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands through here. But it's just through people who say yes. Will you say yes? Would you say yes to God? But that's, that's how churches grow. But the way churches shrink is when one person says no, and then someone else says, well, if he says no, I'm saying no. <laughs> it's like this shallow Christianity. Well, if they're not doing it, then I'm not going to do it. Okay, what about God dying on the cross for you? Like, it's, that, that really bugs me. Well, they're not, so I'm not. Well, how about you grow a relationship with God and actually mature in your faith, right? Those who flow with God. I, I was reading yesterday. Paul says, you should be teachers by now. He says, you should be teachers, but I have to, teach you, I have to give you milk. You can't even handle it. He goes, I have to give you stuff like God loves you and, and he wants to help you and God's going to help you. And God's going to be with you. And that stuff's great, but that's milk. Maturity comes when you say yes to God and you start stepping into those plans and purposes of God, which might be you might need to be a teacher, discipler, leader. But we need to get out of this whole, nah, I'm not going to do it, I'll let someone else do it. Well, God's speaking to you. You should be a teacher by now. You should be a leader by now. And he's saying that to the church of Corinthians, of the Corinth church, and I believe that they will say that church was open less than our church. Like if you've been saved for a number of years and people are still checking, can you come to prayer? I think you've missed it. Like, you should be a teacher. You ought to be teachers. And there's men here that you need to step up. You should be a teacher. I shouldn't be teaching you, oh, please come to church. It should be, what can I do to, to get into my destiny? Not, can you please do this because you've got a good destiny? And I know there's times we need encouragement. But there should be something inside of us, even men and women, that says, I want everything that God has for me. I want every single thing that God has for me. Because I don't want to go to heaven with any regrets. You know, time's ticking. It's 2020, guys. Soon we're going to have this chat. It's going to be 2030. Time goes so fast. But there needs to be a maturing of our lives. Because life is not about us. It's not about just me and you and just doing our own thing. Your life will affect other people. And the reason you're saved is because someone, else, someone else's life affected, affected you, affected me. But we need to get to that maturity level past, oh, just, I'll just get by. No, no, you need to really take it to some new levels and flow with God.
and be who that God's called you to be. Yeah, that was a long response to your question, but here you go. That was a good, that was a good answer. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Um, yeah, before we open it up to questions, so that all those that um, got their questions ready, please get it ready because Tom's going to come around with a microphone. Um, Pastor, what, what, what are your plans for this year? So, uh, the vision that God put on your heart was miracles. Mm. So, have you got some sort of like plan that you want to see play out throughout this year that um, us as the church will be able to pray for yeah. and, um, and just follow through with um, throughout the year yeah. to keep us on track? Yeah, one thing I'm definitely praying for is um, a mirac the miraculous in fruitfulness. I want us to, to grow in a, in, in a resurgence of fruitfulness. And so, not always looking back. What about the backsliders? Yeah, okay, cool. But that, they'll, they'll get there. But let's believe God for new fruit. And for, instead of looking back at Sodom and being like Lot and, and, and it's killing us, how about we look forward to what God has for us? And so, one, especially in fruitfulness. And I want our church to at least double this year. Every service to get past the 150s. And I easily can. We've still got that challenge. Each one reach one. The lost coin, remember? And the reason the person was lost was because of the woman. And what does the woman represent? represents the church. It represents me and you. And my God, 100% that we need to grow in. I want to see the miraculous in fruitfulness. Like that one month in October, a couple of years back, um, where Biz and Ange got saved and Mason got saved and, and Siona and Lossa got saved and, and Cole and, and, and Etta and all, the, and all these people got In one month, our church just went bam, right? And God could do the same thing. But that all started with some people getting fired up and doing something. It was when Biz when, and, and Chris invited Biz out. It was when Darren was street preaching. It was when others invited Sione out and then invited others out and then invited more out and then invited more out and then invited more out. That all happened in one month. Imagine if we have 12 months like that. Imagine if we have revivals where we start the church at 80, by the end of the revival it's at 160. God can do those things. When you read through these revivals, man, God does it really, really quick. There's a, there's a shaking. So I pray specifically for miraculous and fruitfulness. I pray for the specifically miraculous in finances for our church. Um, I want our church to, to be able to buy our own building. That's why I pray for millions of dollars to come in because millions of dollars is the price for these buildings in Auckland. And I pray that we get our own building. We can just have it to ourselves. Then we don't have to pay rent. We don't have to worry about all that stuff and we can invest more into the kingdom of God that way. Um, and then also I want us to, to move in the supernatural and the gifts of the spirit, um, people maturing, uh, leaders rising. So what we need to pray for leaders to rise up, for people to, to take on that yoke. You know, people don't like leadership because it's responsibility. But if that's what God's called you to do, that's what God's called you to do. If, everyone, if, we, ever, never shied, if we always shied away when responsibility came, <laughs> we wouldn't do anything. And nothing will ever get done. And there'll be no revival. But we need people that can take a bit of pressure, that can take a bit of heat, and then and move to that next level. So definitely, it'll be in fruitfulness. It'll be in, in financial uh, I'd definitely be in seeing, seeing people healed, seeing like unusual miracles. Like imagine, imagine seeing someone just in a wheelchair we have to get, and then they get healed and they walk out. Like you're telling me their whole family wouldn't get saved? You're telling me their whole, their, all their friends wouldn't get saved? It'd be all on the news. It'd, it'd be everywhere. And what if someone get, from can, gets healed from cancer? What if they had all these miracle heal, unusual miracles? What if like the Bible we had... Um, like just on the handkerchief and we put that on someone and then they got healed. What if someone's shadow healed someone? Like how crazy would all these things be? And God can do that. God is still doing that. And the last um, Prescott conference, Pastor Mitchell preached on healing and people on live stream all over the world were getting healed. Right? There's not laying on our hands. It's just the spirit of God moving. 
And it shows in the last days, God wants to reveal his spirit. So healing, financially, multiplication with, with people and disciples and leaders and disciples rising up. That'd be my four main things to pray for for this year. So that's pretty much what we were aiming to see uh, as a church. Uh, what's it called? We're going to open it up to questions out there in the audience. Um, so what I'll do is just, just, um, yeah, just raise up your hand if you've got a question. And then Tom's going to give you um, the microphone. Uh, but also the next person who's gonna, who wants to ask a question can put up their hands. So two people putting up their hands at the same time so that we know we can um, flow together. Amen. <laughs> uh, what's it called? So does anyone have a question they'd like to ask Pastor? Even if it's a question we've already asked, you can ask it again. Yep. And is there anyone else that wants to ask after Darren? Yep, Richard. Sweet. Thanks for standing up, Derek. Um, uh, like, I don't know if you can measure this, but um, last year's theme was uh, The Last Arrow. Mm. And I just wanted to know if, um, uh, if you think that our last year's theme was, uh, was it like a failure or was it a, or would you count it a success? 100% success. Of course it was. Um, like, but how could you, like, could you explain that? Explain it, yeah. People stepped into their plans and purposes of God. Heaps of people. Many of you are much more mature today than you were a year ago. Because many of you last year based your relationship with God on people. And now you're basing your relationship with God on God. So it's much easier to serve God with, with, uh, when you actually have a relationship with Him. It's, it's people that just have the, just through other people, that's not a true relationship. And so that's definitely a level of maturity and growth, 100%. And so we have to see that our, our measurements are different to God's measurements. God said it's better to have... Is that there? We good? Yeah. God said it's better to have 300 than 35,000. Most people will say that's a failure. But not to God. Because he has 300 mighty men. And so if we're all about numbers... I'm not about numbers. Like I said, I could preach very differently and get numbers. It's easy to get numbers. I could have no standards in the church, fill the place. No worries. No problem. But that's not what God's after. And so, from last year, it was, it was a great success. 100%. Does that answer your question? Is that what you're after? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, DJ Darren. What's up, Pastor? Hey, um, what's up, Richard? <laughs> Just a question for, uh, like, as a leader, mm. you know, and uh, this year you want to grow uh, mm. this uh, team that you set. Like, um, what's some uh, advice that you can give that we can continue to grow and kind of increase? And grow in leadership? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great question. Number one, we need to be reading books. When you read books, you get their knowledge and you don't, but from their life, right? And so some people, they don't, they don't read books and so they never, they never get any wisdom. They only get their wisdom from what they've experienced and their theology. But all through those books, there's heaps of books there. And as you read books, then you grow and you, you get strengthened, right? And so that, that takes you to a brand, brand new level for those who, who read. And we've all got time to read. We just, we just don't, right? So, and so start small. You know, start by reading a page or two a day, and then you can grow in that. Um, so definitely, if you can read one book a month, imagine if you read one book a month this year, your life will be completely different. So you'll grow at that level. Second way we grow in leadership is by caring for others. Leadership is all about others. 
And to be honest, this is the reason why people don't become leaders, is because they don't care about others. They just don't care. Because leadership is laying your life down for the benefit of other people. Many times we can get selfish in our life. And I know there's betrayals and there's hurts, and that's, that's part and parcel, right? But that's just life. We just need to keep reaching, reaching what? And so always caring for others would be another, another thing. Um, and then a, the third area of, of leadership is consistency. You know, some people, they're up one week, yeah, we're on fire for God, we're on fire. The next week, I didn't come, I couldn't be stuffed. It's like consistency, that we know where you're going to be, we know what attitude you're going to have, we know what's going to happen. And yeah, we have our bad days, but they're few and far between. You know, not tossed to and fro by every storm of life, the Bible says. And so it's consistency. You guys know where I'm going to be every service. You know how I'm going to preach. You know what I'm going to do. You know where I'm going to be in the prayer room. You, you know. That's, that's not going to change. And that, that's, a, that's a key for, for leadership is consistency. So we have, uh, what are the three? We have um, caring for others, growing in wisdom by reading, and then consistency would be the three things that you, we could pray for. Yeah, great, great question, Rich. Very good. Solid. Was there anyone else uh, that would like to ask questions? Just raise your hand up so we can have Tom come to see you. Yep, Darren. Jonah. Then Jonah. Is there anyone else? Just raise up your hand so that Tom can come after. Uh, uh, um, check, check. check. Uh, yo, um, uh, with the theme that you preached this morning, it was solid and like... A lot of times we were fired up when you preach like sermons yeah. like that and stuff. Yeah. But along the, like somewhere along the line, we might, we might come to a moment where we're like, mm. we have a decision whether we still want to do it or mm. we want to go back to our carnal ways or mm. like that like time of decision, like how, how do you ever, how do you like make the right decision? Like how, yeah. instead of like relying on your feelings. And, yeah. Yeah. Good question. The number of things there. Number one is that you need to have people that you're accountable to. That they keep you at a standard of serving God. And I've got people that I'm accountable to. And I speak to them. And they have full access into my life to speak to me if I'm going off course. And they have. Right? And so I know that if I start going a bit funky, they're going to be onto me straight away. And I, I love those friends because they love me enough to tell me straight up. If all you've got around you are people that just don't care when you start backsliding or start going weird, you don't have good friends. So number one, your friends and your accountability is key. And because you've got accountable and got friends, when you're going through a tough time, instead of pretending that everything's all good, you can just call them up or text them. Man, I'm struggling here. I need help. And remember, I preached a sermon on friendship. God will strengthen you with the strength of other people. And there's times I've needed to lean on other people to get through. Many times in the church, I've lent on you to, to get through, to get through tough times. You know, when, when Beck had a miscarriage, it was, it was very hard. But I lent on, I lent on you, you guys to, to get me through that, to get us through that. And so that's, that's, of course, we need each other. And so you can't do it. You don't, don't be by yourself. If you're going to isolate yourself, you'll never get there. So it's your friends. But secondly, you, you really need to develop a personal relationship with God. And many people don't have that a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you speak with Him, you sense His Spirit, you're obedient to Him, and you obey Him. And when you have that, then you start to love God 
and then every day you just want to be pleasing to God. And then so you'll read your Bible, and then your, your Bible will come to life. Then you pray, and then when you pray, you change more than your situation, right? And so then you start to change. You become more Christ-like. And then you can see God, and when you look at God, the things of the world, then they're not that, that cool. Uh, could you imagine if I didn't come to church tonight because I went out drinking? Everyone would be like, no, he didn't. Why? Because you know, what, you know my life. You know what I do. You know what I'm about. And so it needs to be a relationship with God. Like I have, like I have a relationship with Beck. And the, 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 the closer we get, the more we learn about each other. And then we grow together. The Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ. And so we need to have that type of relationship. That we're close with Christ. That we're not using him just as a doctor when we need help. But he's our savior. He's our Lord. He's our father. And we, we, we connect with him. And you have to get that revelation that God is for you. So even when you have a horrible day, you can still go to God. Do you know how many times I've gone to God? And I was like, yeah, I caked it today. Yeah, God, I'm sorry. You know, in the, in the, in, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, forgive us our debts. You know, in your prayer life, you should be repenting. Like, God, I'm, yeah, I was, I was being silly there. God, I, I overspoke then. God, I had a bad attitude then. And I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, God. But when you come to God, there's that godly, like we spoke in the Know Your Soul group chat, you feel conviction, but it's godly sorrow, but it leads to repentance and life and salvation. But if you just pull that away, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. The ones that say I don't care, care the most, right? And then it leads to, it leads to the Bible says, spiritual death. And so your friends, Darren, and, and accountability, um, your relationship with God, and then also your relationship with headship. And your relationship with headship always depends on you, not your headship. How do I have a relationship with Pastor Elliot, who's 4,000 kilometers away? He doesn't call me. He might call me maybe once a year if he needs something. I built that relationship with him. And when we talk, we're on the exact same page because I've humbled myself under him. Does that mean every single decision he's ever made, I was like, I thought that was a great idea? No. But that doesn't give me a reason. Well, I don't like how we did that, so I don't care. No, it's just pride. It's arrogance, man. And the reason we have such a strong church here is because I have a strong relationship with my pastor and because authority and dominion flows down. Right? And so not everybody in the church is going to have a close relationship with me, but you can have a close relationship with whoever your leader is, your Bible study leader, your connect leader, and then with me. Our church is probably big enough. I could still have a relationship with everyone. There's never been a person here that needs help, and I've said, sorry, I don't have time. I've always been ready. And so, yeah, your friends, who are you accountable to, um, relationship with God and relationship with headship will definitely keep you back, keep you on this track. How many of you have gone through a tough time and spoke to someone, you're like, I can do it. I'm good. I'll be all right. Right? We've all been there. We've all had those days. But we don't live by feelings. We live by the word of God. Great question, Darren. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Very good question. What was the next turn? Was it? <laughs> Oh, I didn't see you. Lucky you stood out. There were so many people in front of yeah. you. You know, if you see someone in like a, a wheelchair, mm. uh, what's something that like you would say? Like, do you, do you go up to them and ask them if they want to walk? Or, mm. or like, yeah, so if I saw someone in a wheelchair, just, uh, just say like we're at the markets or something? Is that what you mean? Like, Yo. Okay, just say we're at markets or at outreach. You see someone in a wheelchair, I'll go up to them and say, hey, how you doing? I just, I'd get to know them first. Right? So don't be weird. Don't be like, 
hey, do you want to walk? Of course they want to walk. Like, of course, right? And so I'd go up and I'd be very gentle. I'd be like, hey, how you doing? What's your name? So, were you, have you always been like this? Did you have an accident? Or and you speak to them about it and you ask them, are you a Christian? You could say, I'm, I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? You could sort of witness to them. Be very gentle and very light. You say, man, I see you're in pain. But the Bible says that by his stripes we have been healed. And I believe, man, that God can heal you. And do, you mind, do you mind if I pray for you? And when you come on that aspect and it's nice and gentle with them, then you come. Don't be like, do you believe it? Why don't you believe it? You've got no faith. Like, just be super gentle with them and you'll, you'll see, see God move. And then they'll probably be more open to you. And sometimes they don't want you to pray for them. Do you mind if I pray for you? Oh, I'm okay. Okay, no worries. That's fine. But you'll learn, you'll learn that as you continue to witness, as you continue to speak to them. Um, and many people have a lot more issues other than just the wheelchair thing, right? So people have a lot of internal issues, diseases, sick, sicknesses, and all sorts of things. And you can pray for them as well. But especially when it comes to, how do I say this? When it's, um, when it's a physical condition, you want to be very, very gentle. Because people are very insecure about themselves, right? And so you be very, very gentle with that, and you respect them still. But if you give them a lot of dignity, you get down low with them. Don't talk down to them. You get down low with them and speak to them, and you'll see see God. Man, in, in China, I'm not sure. I can't, there was a little girl, and just she's got all sorts of issues, and she's like five, but she looks three. You know, her bones are honestly, her arms are like this thick. It's just skin and bones. The blood doesn't circulate. Mom has to move her around and stuff. And, like, I prayed so hard for that little girl, man. Like, I prayed so hard. So hard. But I spoke to the mom, and I was just very gentle with the mom. And she didn't get healed, but I, I gave God an opportunity there. Then the next person I prayed for, this old lady, had a sore knee. She got healed instantly. She's, like, jumping up and down and stuff, and she bowed down. I was like, don't bow down. Anyway, but... And so, yeah, just be real gentle, and God will help you. Does that make sense? So, great, great question. Hey, Pastor. Hey, hey, Siona. How you doing? Just, um, oh, how do you overcome, like, discouragement? Because mm. there are, like, a few times I've prayed over people and nothing's happened. Yeah. And it's, like, got to a point where I've, like, built a fear of praying over my own family. Yeah. Like, over my wife and son. Like, how, do you, how would you overcome that? Yeah. So discouragement is normal, all right? People, discouragement comes to everybody. Even Pastor Mitchell. Pastor Mitchell, for seven years, didn't pray for the sick because he thought he didn't have the gift of, of healing. All right? So that's a normal, that's a normal um, aspect. It's a normal feeling. But the spirit of fear is not from God. The Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, right? And so you have to view life through God's lenses and not our own, like I preached on Wednesday night. If you look through your own life and through just physical, it's very depressing. Think about Jesus dying on the cross and only the person there that's, that's there, you've given your whole life on earth, you're God, you came to earth, and the only person there is your mom and this other guy. That's pretty depressing. Like, I've been here only six years, right? Jesus was on earth for 33 years. Imagine if I died and the only person that came was my mum and some other random guy. That's pretty, that's, that looks like a failure, but it's, it's not a failure to God. In the upper room, there were 125 praying. The Bible says, uh, if the scholars say there should have been at least 500 people there. But you have to view it through God's eyes. And so God could do a whole lot more with, with the committed few than just with a lot of people. And we just look through carnally sometimes. So we have to view it through God's eyes and discouragement's normal, but you need to pray and fix your eyes on God. Every day is a good day for the Christian because we're getting closer to seeing Jesus face to face. And so if you're discouraged, get around some people that have faith. 
that go out together. You don't have to do it by yourself all the time. Go out together. And, you know, not everything's going to work. Not every service is going to be like, man, that was powerful. I hope it is, and I pray that it is, and I give effort like it is, but not everyone is. Was, you know, and some pastors, we talk about it, and we say, we have a bad service? No, well, I didn't do such a good job. Let's go have some pizza. It's all right. Try again tomorrow. It's all right. We don't live in every, every mistake we've ever made. But don't let the devil discourage you from, and stop you from, from reaching out to people. Because most of the time, it's just the devil getting in our head and getting in our mind. But keep praying, keep believing, and keep, keep having faith. God will help you in that way. Does that make sense? But yeah, get, get around other people. Don't, don't isolate yourself, because that's what we like to do when we're discouraged. Hey? I'm not talking to no one. How'd that work out? That worked really well, hey? It's a very good question. Evening, Pastor. Um, I've just got a question, Pastor, if you can yeah. uh, give us a clear uh, meaning on building... God's kingdom mm. before our own. Mm. Building God's kingdom. You know kingdom how we like to just go, yeah. we go to church, we start off in church and all the good things happen, mm. and then we want to go and do this, this, and that. We yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like one after the other. Mm. But there comes a time when mm. we forget about the understanding of building God's kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Can you give yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Is it Matthew 6 33? Seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else will be added, right? So Beck and I have saw, saw God first, and you guys are everything that we need. And so, again, I'm not against family, job, career. I'm not against those things. But they're, they're a destination. They're not, they're, I mean, sorry, they're the journey, not the destination. The destination is, is the will of God. I mean, you obviously need to work, obviously need family, obviously need career. But they're just along the journey. They're not the destination. God could do so much more. God gave me great jobs in Melbourne. Is there a clap for that? There was no even clap sign and we clapped. Yeah, I'm getting there. Praise God. But, um, but yeah, it's not like you have to live like a pauper your whole life and just do nothing. And nothing for me, only for the kingdom of God. Those people die out real quick. But it is just putting God first and all these things will be added. And I'm a, I'm a testimony of that and I've seen that many, many times. But you still need, you still need your friends. You still need to work. There's some people that, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to serve God. No, get a job. Man. Like, right. Bible says, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Most people just eat and don't work. So, but anyway, that's another thing. So. But yeah, good question. Good question, Lee. Hey, Pastor. Hey, uh, Biz. So just in terms of miracles, mm. um, so when you say God's timing, mm. um, what's the difference between, or how do you discern whether it's God's timing or like an attack of the devil? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> you, I could tell you afterwards. <laughs> um, it's, it all depends. When if, okay. it, it all depends on our faith. If we are faithless, then it's an attack of the devil. But if we have faith, whether it happens or not is, is irrelevant. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're going to go through this fire, and God is going to deliver me. But if he doesn't, we're still going to serve him. And so that's, that's what all of us need. That's very hard, but that's what we need. And we're not sure on timing. Like, seriously, but many times that God's timing is not our own, but it can be trusted. And so it's weird because God is not even in time. And we, God, do it in my time. God's not even, God doesn't even have time. The Bible says a day is like a thousand years. A thousand is like, it's like, and so we just need to be faithful to God. Jeremiah, for his whole ministry, didn't have anyone saved but he was faithful to God. 
And so, yes, God can and God will do the supernatural, but that can't just be, I'm only serving God for the supernatural. Right? And so it's just keep stepping out, keep believing, see what God will do. If every person we prayed for never got healed, there's an issue. Right? If every person we laid hands on never got filled with the Holy Spirit, there's an issue. But if some, some reasons, I don't, I don't know. There's no, um, it's hard. There's the whole question, why do some people get healed, some others don't? I don't know. We're going to have to ask God when we get to heaven. Not everybody gets saved. Is, is it God's will that everybody gets saved? Yes. God is willing that none should perish, but not everyone gets saved. Is it God's will that everyone gets healed? Yes. But does everyone get healed? No. I don't know. That's one you're going to have to bring up with him when you get past the gate, okay? <laughs> you can sort that one out with him. All right. And let me know his answer, too. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, good question. Pastor. Um, hey, Dames. Experience that's never experienced non belief Yeah. So it's encouragement for someone who's never experienced a miracle. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd, they just have to team up with someone. So you bring them to revival services, especially revival services, we pray for that even more. Um, but those who are stronger in the faith, you should take them under your wing and go out and pray for healing on the streets. Right? And don't just wait for the revival service. You can do it too. Any of you guys here full of the Holy Spirit, you can pray for people to get filled with the Holy Spirit immediately. I did it in Footscray. A guy got, got, got healed, I mean, got saved that day on a Sunday. Sunday night, or Sunday morning, he came Sunday night. And um, he was like, really, you know those people, they just really want more of God. And I was like, you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Pastor was busy talking to someone. Ah, I could, let's, let's give it a go, right? So we just prayed. And he got filled with the Holy Spirit in the concert hall. So it's not just, ah, oh, the pastor has to do this. No, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? You could do it too. And so to bring encouragement to them, they need it many times, they just need to see it once or twice. Uh, and that, that helps. But as you mature, whether you see it or not, does not define whether it's real. It is what the Bible says. And so to bring encouragement, don't, don't, don't listen to people, who the naysayers, don't listen to the haters, don't listen to the people that, the old crusty Christians, oh, I tried that once and it didn't work. Don't worry about them. God is the same guy yesterday, today, and forever. And you need to have that faith that's in him and not in, not in anyone else. But yeah, get him, get him under your wing. All of you guys, you take, take some people out with you witnessing. Team up together and you're witnessing. Team up together, go out praying for the, Let's go out on a Friday night. Let's get a banner. Say, miracle healing. Do you need healing? Let us pray for you. Let's just, let's just see. You might get some crazy people. You might get some normal people. I don't know. It's fun. Bible talks about a dragnet. And when you, like, the church is a dragnet. And that means when you go out to sea, they, they had these dragnets. But inside there was fish, which was great. But they also had like tires and alcohol bottles and stuff. And the Bible says when you pull people into the church, some are fruitful, some are love them and throw them back into the ocean. So hopefully it makes sense in that. Don't, don't go all weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? You know what I mean? So, yeah, sweet. Good question, Dames. Yeah, increase your faith little by little. Little by little. Very good. I have a quick question. Oh, or not really. Damn. But um, kind of. Just thinking about what lots of people have said with Darren with building your relationship with God and Sione with overcoming discouragement and even Biz with talking about God's timing. Mm. Would you say that us learning about God's promises and who he is can help us during those times and yeah. looking like knowing God's character would help? Yeah, 100%. If, if we, the more we actually know God, the deeper our faith will, will be. So when you read, God is a loving God, number one. God loves you more than you can ever experience love in your whole life. 
we are the apple of his eye. The Bible says when people mess with us, they are poking God in the eye. That's why you should never muck around with God's church. It talks about that his mercy is renewed every single day. So some of you, I can't, I can't get over what I did three years ago. God's, God has, the Bible says that he chooses to forget it. God doesn't even bring it up. We bring it up. He doesn't. He's a merciful God. He's a gracious God. And all these promises that are through the whole Bible is that we can depend on him. The Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen. And that means they, they can be depended on. They can be, you can build your life on the promises of God. Moses said to God, I will not go unless you come with me. God said, 100% I'll be with you. And I think I mentioned it in a, in a, in a sermon a number of years back, but is there any, any time in the Bible where someone stepped out in faith and God said, no, that was wrong. You shouldn't step out in faith. You should stay in the boat. He's never said that. The only time he said something like that is with David when he wanted to build the, build the tabernacle. But he said, you can't build it because you've killed people. And he goes, but you can make the plans and you can prepare it for future generations. And so anytime you want to do something for God, the Bible says he'll help you. And if we only knew how much God wants to help us, God wants to do a miracle through all of our lives. doesn't matter how weak or insecure or, or wherever you are in life. God wants to do a great miracle through your life. And as you read through the Bible, this is all he used. And this is the great confidence we have. God's with us. He said, surely I will be with you. I will give you great victory. You'll kill them all like you just killed one person. You're going to kill all of them. And that miracle, they, they killed him with a trumpet. Who kills people with a trumpet? They had a torch and a trumpet. And they blew the trumpet, and God did this, and they started killing each other. Because God wants to show himself strong on our behalf. And God's not like, you didn't do that, so you're not good enough. You didn't do that, you're not good enough. You can't be used, you can't be used. Peter was swearing his head off one weekend. The next weekend, 3,000 people get saved. I don't know. But that just shows how gracious God is. The 11th hour laborers. You've been, you've been missing out on God's plans all this time. Finally, you say yes to God, they get the same reward. Because God wants to reward us and God wants to bless us. And the more you know about God, the more you'd want to serve him. You just, just, just find out. It. That's why you need to read books about God. Read your Bible. Read about who God is. And uh, yeah, your relationship with God will grow immensely. Yeah, that, you always worry me when Beck puts her hand up. I'm like, oh, damn, I'm in trouble. But yeah, does that make sense? Does that answer your question? So, Pastor, um, I know you've um, defined miracles this morning mm. and you've pretty much answered like, my question, but um, what kind of miracles are you wanting to see happen in this church and for you personally? Yeah. Let's start with you guys first. I want, my, my prayer is that you, you become the greatest men and women in, in the New Zealand Potter's House Fellowship. I, I, I believe that you guys will be great. Not good, great. And I treat you like you're going to be great. I, I don't treat you like children. I treat you like adults. And, and what I'm looking forward to, and this is going to happen, is when, we have, when the Onihunga Church has their own conferences and all you guys that we've sent out, you guys come back for the conference and we look around and we could say, look at these men, look at these women, look how they've dedicated their lives and look at the churches that they've got. And I always have this vision of past, standing with Pastor Elliot and he's, and he's just talking about, man, he's doing really well. And man, that church is doing really well. And that person's doing really, really well. And he's just talking about people that we've launched out. And that could be a strength 
to, to the Potter's House Church. You know. Again, it's been nearly just over a year or just under a year where, again, every time God starts doing something good, wicked people, they, they get gets to their head. And God's trying to destroy that. But God's unstoppable. And so we need other men to step up in their place. We need other couples to step up in their place. And I believe with all my heart, it's going to be people here in this room tonight. With all my heart. We are going to send churches all through New Zealand. Then we're going to send churches overseas. Like, how cool is it going to be when we send an islander to China? I felt like Chris when I was in Macau. I was like, yeah, that's right, I'm the man. I, none, of the, none of the clothes fit me, the shoes didn't even fit me. Right? But if we send Chris to China, that'll be, that'll be good. They'll think he's Magic Johnson or something. <laughs> but I believe, I, with all my heart, I believe in every single one of you. I really do. And I, I, I see the potential in all of you. I know you guys don't see it, but I do. I really do. And I could see you growing. And I could see many of you getting married and, and having children, being launched out. And I see that. And it's a miracle when it happens, but I'm believing God that's, that's going to happen sooner rather than later. And that's, that's my plan. That's my vision for our church. For me personally, I definitely want to grow uh, in my faith. I want to grow in, in praying for the sick that I, I, I know it's going to happen, that I have that faith that it's going to happen. And I want to pray for that in my preaching, um, that I say less, but I end up saying more. I pray that God speaks a lot more through my sermons. Um, I pray that I'll be a disciple maker, that my disciples become strong and mighty like, like David's mighty men. Uh, and then also... I pray that the God will help me with, with people skills that I could be able to relate to people uh, and, and develop people skills on every level, no matter where they're at in life, that I can meet with them. So those are the probably things that I pray for personally. Yep. Hey, Pastor. Hey, Chris. Hey, Church. <laughs> uh, first of all, thank you again for having us, me and my family and my wife. Um, it's been a huge blessing um, coming here and it's been like awakening of my soul um, and I feel like it's brought me back um, onto track um, with the Lord so for that I thank you for your um, the fellowship of everyone here and that's everyone that's reached out and even just um, just bringing us in as a whole family so for that I'm truly grateful and I thank the Lord uh, for his great deeds that he continues to bless my family and um, myself um, but my question is um, just sitting here listening I think three times you've mentioned books, read a book, read a book, read a book. Mm. Um, so my question is, what five, apart from the Bible, mm. what other five books, or at least give us a minimum of three books sure. that you recommend that we should start to read yeah. in order to gain with them or leadership in whatever sense of the church? Yeah. Like, what's a good three books for us as men and women, as yeah. Christians... What three books do you recommend us to at least give it a go yep. to read? 100%. Great question. Number one, spiritual leadership. Every man needs to read spiritual leadership. Oswald Sanders is at the back there. There's a number of copies there. Um, number two, how to win friends and influence people. Uh, that will radically transform the way that you work with people and how you, how you uh, build relationships. It will help your marriage. It will help your uh, friendships. It will help your relationships at work. It will help your relationships at church help you with witnessing, will help you with conflict resolution, will help you with counseling, help you in absolutely every single area. Um, those two, top, top of the list straight away. For the men, uh, Disciplines of a Godly Man. Um, very good book. I think it's like 19 chapters or something, but it breaks down what, what disciplines every godly man needs, um, and they can apply, uh, apply easily to your life. 
Um, if you want to get a bit deeper, you can look at Leonard Ravenhill, Why Revival Tarries. Um, basically, <laughs> I gave it to Chris. Chris, I want a book that I could you know, feel stirred about. I said, yeah, read this book. And so basically, Leonard says, the reason you don't have revival is because you're lukewarm. Because that's why he goes, you want God to move, but you're not moving. It's great. It's a great book. It really gets you moving. Um, another book that, that's great is Spirit Rising. It was one of my favorite books, Spirit Rising by Jim Simbala. He's the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. Um, he, he's, he preaches without notes because he believes to be led by the Spirit of God. He says not everyone does that, but he does that. Uh, he's got many great stories to increase your faith. If you want to increase your faith, you can read them. Um, fresh Wind, Fresh Fire is another book by Jim Simbala that will help you get a, a refreshing of your spirit. Any of, any of his books on, um, on prayer uh, will, will help a lot. E.M. Bounds has about 50 books. Basically says all the same thing on prayer. If you want to grow in prayer, you can read E.M. Bounds. Uh, he, he takes prayer to a brand new level, and that, that will really develop your prayer life. Um, if you want to grow in leadership, um, John Maxwell. Uh, few, uh, many communicate, few connect is the book. Um, and then there's a whole stack, Today Matters by John Maxwell. There's a whole stack of leadership books by John Maxwell that you could read that will help you in your leadership and your growth in that area. Uh, they'll probably be the main ones. I'm sure there's others that I'm forgetting that are really good, but... Um, yeah, there's a whole stack there. Maybe afterwards as well, if you want to come over, I could point out a few more once I see them. But those are the ones that really got me going, and they're the ones that really developed my ministry and got, got, got me moving in that aspect. Great question. Very good. Readers are leaders, my friends. That's Amen. You tell them. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mrs. Offenoa, I'm going to... This is a simple one. Uh, great. Um, um, what are tips to making time to read? Mm. Well, like... Because I had a book... I have a book for like a year now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's that... Um, just... Uh, how do I say this? Okay, so... In every way to build a habit, you start incredibly small. And you start so small that it's pathetic. But then you'll do that, and then I did it. So, read one line a day. If you read one line a day. So what will happen? You'll get your line, you'll read your one line. I might as well just read a couple more lines while I'm here. And you'll read more. Then you might read a whole page. The next day, you might only read one line, but at least you did one thing. And you keep momentum, because momentum grows, but it has to start very, very small. Even reading your Bible. If you can't read your three chapters a day, read one verse. Just do, one, do the smallest amount possible. And you'll start to learn a hunger for that book. If it's, especially if it's a good book, you'll get a hunger for it. But make in your soul that I'm, every day I'm going to read one line. But then in your heart, it's like, what? You, you don't have enough time to read one line? And it sort of eats at you. It's like, I'll just do my one line, right? But then you do your one line, then you write, read, read a few lines. You might read a whole page. And you're good, you're good after that. But start very, very small. Because this is what we think. If I can't read a whole chapter, what's the point of doing it? So we, don't, we never read a whole chapter. We never do it. So how you do it is you start by just reading one, one line. I guarantee you, Ivy, you start reading one line, then you'll start getting addicted to the book and you'll read it even more. And then if you want to develop past there, then you can make a rule. I won't watch YouTube until I've read my book. Then we'll read through all these books in here, you know. It's like, I won't go on social media until I do that one line. Or just do those sorts of things. You know, I know some pastors, they say, 
They, they don't eat until they've read their Bible. You know, some of you will be like, I can't do that, Buzz, I'm going to die. Like, all right? <laughs> so, but just read one line. Just do, do one. If you just do the smallest things, that will, that will help, you, help you long term. But don't think I have to read the whole, whole chapter, the whole page. No, no, no. Just one line. But then when you do that, you can do more. But don't go a day and say, I didn't have time to read one line, because then we're just, if you don't have time to read one line, but it's just blame Chris. So, all right. But yeah, that, that will get you through. Hey, great question. Hey, Shana. Hey, Pastor. Um, a bit off topic, but uh, as a backslider coming back to church, like, mm. what's the best thing you could do to realign yourself with mm. Christ? That is the best well, question. That is an epic question. I love that question. That is a great question. And as Shana. well, um, like, probably dealing with discouragement from your family because how, mm. you know, you're serving Christ and then you're backslidden mm. and then you're back at church. Mm. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, great question. And I've seen backsliders who make it and backsliders who don't make it. So this is what we usually say to backsliders. Just take it easy. Just take it one step at a time. Mm-mm. You're a backslider. You know what to do. 100%. You jump straight in. And you cut off living that old life and you are 100% back on track. Doesn't mean you make mistakes. But sometimes we use the one step at a time as, a, as an excuse to be half-hearted. And I've seen backsiders come back in Footscray, and the ones that make it are the ones that go 100%. The ones that just still chill, still come late, still sit in the back row, still think about, should I go to church, should I not go to church? They don't make it. And so the way to get, to get back in is, it's like jumping in a pool. Do you put your toe in, like, mm, maybe, oh, I don't know. You just got to jump in, man. You just got to go all in. And is there anything better than serving God wholeheartedly? Is there anything better than living 100% for Jesus Christ? And so make a line. I pray anyone that's, you've, maybe you've gone backwards. Maybe the 2019 was a year you, you, you somehow you got more arrows than you did at the start. You started with five, you ended up with ten. You're supposed to shoot them and you, you gathered everybody else's arrows. Right? So, okay. Get moving then. What's the saying? You can't you can't, um, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. The best time to serve God was back then. But the, the second best is today. And so get 100% back in, straight back in. Don't be playing games. Don't slow. Oh, I don't know if I could do it. I don't. Either you're repentant or we're not repentant. Repent means to radically change. So rad- get rid of it completely and go, go 100%. And I've seen that. Work. Every person that does that, they make it. And all the ones that said, I'm just taking my time. It's just a spiritual lie. It sounds spiritual, but it's just, I just want to be carnal for a bit longer, and I don't want to really commit just yet. I'll just play my new convert card. For if you're a backslider, you have a, you have a one-week new convert card. Then straight back into it. You know what to do. With your family, Shana, again, the best thing you could do for your family is to go wholeheartedly for God again. Because they could say, but what about you did all that? Yep, that was wrong. Yep, I own it. Don't be like, no, I didn't. Just say, yep, I did that wrong. But look at my life now. Look what I'm doing now. Look what I'm doing now. Because then you don't have to be like, yeah, but I'm getting there. Because they'll see you going 100% for God. And all of us, your family sees when you're 100% or not. It's much easier to witness when you're going 100%, right? It's pretty hard to witness. Be like me, but not Saturdays, though. But, you know, when you're 100% for God, man, that radically changes the atmosphere. And you'll sense the, the, the pleasure of God and the power of God, but it's when you wholehearted devotion. And that, that will get you through. So everyone that's, that's backslidden or fell back in 2019, 
Don't be looking back. Don't be like, oh, I wish I was still in Sodom. And No, no, no. Fix your eyes on Jesus and go 100% for Jesus. And if we have that culture, our church will, again, explode in great revival. But yeah, I wouldn't worry about the past, Shana. We've all made mistakes. It's, that's life. Because we're human. When God doesn't expect us to be perfect. But look at, all the, look at all the people in the Bible, how many mistakes they made. But God still continued to use them. Use them, so you'll be fine. But great question. Very good question. Maybe one more if they have it. And then Is there anyone that wants to ask the last question for tonight? Dun, dun, dun. Last question. Dun, dun, dun. Any of the other girls want to ask a question? Yeah, the girls' questions were good. And the guys' ones as well. Just. Anyone else? Yeah. Two tipping in the pool. Anyone else? <laughs> you get to eat first if you ask this last question. <laughs> one more. Was that? Is that a hand? Someone's. Was that you today? What? Are you sure? Anyone? One? Anyone else? Last question of the night. And okay, we're done. All right, sweet guys. That was our solo tonight. Yeah, we'll see you back again in uh, 2021. <laughs> and I'm going to hand it back over to Pastor. <laughs>